0: Him. and I remember our kids like crawling on us <laughs> over our backs but but yet tears streaming down our face and asking the Lord please move us where you want us to go please take us where you want us to go and that's the kind of heart that that Erica and Eric um, are such great examples for you at the brook you know they love you <laughs> If you have not had an opportunity to get to know these this brother and this sister. They pray over you. They care about you. This retreat has been so prayed over. Yeah. They know that the power of the Holy Spirit is is the work where the work happens, not in all the planning, not in all the details. Though they're beautiful, and it's wonderful, and it creates such an environment where we can. Where we can really experience the spirit, but it's really the spirit of God yes. that does not work in our hearts, isn't it? So I'm thankful for the sisterhood that I share with Erica, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be with you. As she said, um, I'm Amber Smith. I was. Um, I have a family. A, can you pull that? If, I brought a picture because I thought, well, oh, this will help them know who we are. We have six kids. They are 12, 9. No, twelve, eleven, nine, seven, five, and almost oh, yeah. two. Oh, yeah. There's the try. Oh, the cutie one up there. So uh, yeah. obviously so we have three adopted children. Well, two adopted children, three biological children, and one safe family foster slash almost uh, leading to adoption. So this is our Jenny. So um, I'm super blessed. Never really wanted to be a mom of a large family. Never really wanted to be a pastor's wife. Uh, so I'm living the dream. Yes, you are. No, I really am. So blessed, and I'm also blessed. I'm, I, I brought a friend with me. Aww. God's answer to our family's prayers. Her and her husband and her three children are such a gift to us. They, they um, minister to us in such a powerful way. And I, I asked her to come along and I was like, hey, it'll be good for you. You should join me. <laughs> and it's all for me. <laughs> I need some love and some support. <laughs> message on the way, like, oh, <laughs> gift. I'm thankful, so thankful to be here, so um, it's funny, don't do this very I double <laughs> um, it's funny, because the guy asked me months ago, I don't know, do you remember, what, what month, <laughs> way back, I if I would do this, and I was like, oh, give me some time, I'll pray about it, think about it, pray about it, thought about it, thought, yeah, I think I God's saying yes to this. And then, and then I was like, okay, well, good, I have lots of time. It'll be good, I have lots of time to get it ready. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then she, you know, called me back a couple weeks later. She's like, okay, I've got the theme, I've got the scriptures for you, and she... Gave those to me, and she said, settled over shaken. That's what I want you to talk about. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I like that. I like that. And then she said, we're going to do Philippians chapter 2. Oh, yeah, Philippians 2. I like that. Good word. Sparkle. This is going to be so great. And I was like, okay, okay. Now, then I, uh, last, about a month ago, about a month ago, the teaching team, the speaking team got together to talk about what we were planning to talk about and pray together. And Limari, she, she had her stuff. She's like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, a little bit of this. I've been thinking the Lord's giving to this. And I'm sitting there going no idea what I'm going to (laughs) say. I am not making any connection between these amazing titles and this cute little Pinterest theme your retreat got I don't see how they go together, but I'm sitting at that table and saying to myself, girl, you better get your stuff together, (laughs) because your friend asked you to come speak to her women, and you got nothing to say. (laughs) I'm like, well, I guess you fake it till you make it. I some some baloney there that day. And I sort of sweat, and I was like, oh. Uh, I had to figure out what God's wanting to say over his daughters from this passage. And honestly, I've been studying this passage over the course of this last month. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Still trying to figure it out. And uh, seriously, ladies, nothing clicked. Until Friday morning. Wow, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I said Friday, that was yesterday. a.m. I was freaking out. Talk about being shaken. I'm like,
1: I'm
2: walking my
0: dog, and I'm like, Lord, you're dog, to me? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. dog, he's ginormous. <laughs> he's <That's> another kid. <laughs> More than. <laughs> And oh Lord, I need to hear from you. I've been reading and studying. I've been faithful. I've given you time and time. I've been poring over this text. I've been praying. Why isn't it clicking?
3: Why isn't it clicking? Why isn't
0: it clicking? God, help me. Please give me something. And then all of a sudden I started singing, which I don't have great with. <laughs> and these songs are gonna date me, so you guys are gonna be like, I've never heard that <laughs> but the song. Of Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bits our sorrows, see somebody who's with me. <laughs> Another song came, and it was Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us. And then it was, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow straight and sweet in the light of his glory and grace Amen. Jesus. That's brilliant <laughs> 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 if I give you Jesus today ladies Amen. I will have given you what God wants for you
3: today.
0: So turn with me in Philippians chapter 2. Turn in your phones if you have the app. Philippians 2, and we're going to be um, reading from chapters 9 through 13. Ladies, just book of the Bible. This this. Here, this is God's love letter to you, and in it you find your lover. You've been searching for your lover; he's here for you. Yeah. He wants you. He wants to meet you. This book is your is a roadmap when you're needing direction. God wants to speak through you, to you, through His Word. He wants to know you and to be known by you. And the Bible is the primary way that he does that. If you're wondering who God is and you don't feel like you can find him and you're not reading his word, the chances are slim. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. ladies, this word is living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It will pierce you. You know, we, we, uh, just before, there was this, there were words that I was, Hearing from the songs that we were singing, these songs are new to me, and I love them. They're so rich. They're so dense. Open up my eyes and wander. Show me who you are. Fill me with your love. Lead me in your love. Guys, if you're praying that prayer, the Holy Spirit, God says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock. And the door will be open to you. If you want to know God, He wants to know you. Yeah. If you um you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Just open up the door a crack and you will come in. He will come in. Alright, this is not in my notes. What am do I doing? Mean? So let's look at Philippians two together. And actually, we're gonna start all the way back at the beginning of the chapter. Um, because, because Limani shared an amazing message with us last night, but not much of it came from Philippians chapter 2. <laughs> so, just to give you just a little bit of context here, we're, um, so we're going to start at 2, chapter 2, verse 1. So, if there's an, any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation In the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy, Paul's joy, who's the author of this book, (laughs) this letter that he wrote to his church, by being of the same mind, having some, the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Be unified, friends. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others as more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of one another. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And now these are our verses. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And then, a little more here. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure." Ladies, the whole chapter is about having unity in the body of Christ and humbly laying aside our rights. It's about taking ourselves off the pedestal of our hearts, Mm -hmm. off the throne of our hearts, and allowing Jesus to take his proper seat (coughs) on the throne. (coughs) Specifically in chapter 2, verses 9 to 13, we can find that we can be settled over shaken... When we humble ourselves like Jesus and worship him. And when we surrender ourselves like Jesus and obey him. So those are the two things that I'm going to talk to you about today. Let's pray. Jesus. 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 There's something about you, name. You're our master. You're our savior. You're our good, good father.
3: Amen.
0: Jesus, reveal yourself to your daughters today. Amen. Open their hearts that they might have ears to hear, eyes to see the truth of your word. May it come alive to them in a way that it never had before. May something click with them, just like it clicked with me and my dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you that you want us to know you. amen. And thank you that you want to be known by us. We need you. Amen. Amen. So I want you all to think for just a second um, about something that's caused you to be shaken. Something that's caused you to be shaken to your core. Caused you to doubt that God is good. (coughs) Doubt that God is in control that God cares for you or that he even hears your prayers. Maybe it's something related to your health. Maybe a sickness or a disease that your family is enduring. Maybe it's a broken relationship with your family. Maybe a marriage that seems like it's on its last legs. Maybe a loss of a child. either through miscarriage, through death, through that child being taken away from you. Maybe it's one of your adult children who seems like they've drifted so far, so far from where you ever anticipated they would be. Maybe it's a parent you've been caring for and it's so painful to watch that frail human being deteriorating right before your eyes a shell of the person that they once were. Maybe it's a friendship you relied on so heavily for support and encouragement and you've drifted apart, drifted away from each other. These situations, these circumstances, they can cause us to feel shaken,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. overwhelmed to the core of our being, rocked, Mm -hmm. unstable, unable to think clearly. Paul was writing the letter to the church at Philippi, and he loved these sweet people. He was the one who first spoke to them about Christ and the gospel, and he established this church. He was with them from the very beginning, and he wanted them to continue growing in their faith, to continue maturing in the faith that they they held on to. But ladies, this apostle Paul knew suffering. He had endured hardship. He had every reason to be shaken. He had every reason to be overwhelmed, to be rocked. In fact, 2 Corinthians 11, yeah. ch- uh, verses 23 to 28 says, I Paul, as a servant of Christ, I have had some experiences with far greater labor, far more imprisonment, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, less one, Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys I was in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger in the sea, danger from false brotherhood, in toil and in hardship, through many a sleepless night. In hunger and in thirst I often went without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things. There is the daily pressure of my, me on me, of my anxiety and my love for all the churches. Paul has experienced pain and grief and suffering and hardship and hunger and sickness, and he says in Philippians three eight, "I consider everything worthless." When I compare to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, I consider everything a loss that I may gain Christ. Ladies, the hardships that you're enduring are as nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul was also writing about the one, the one who knew suffering. Our Lord Jesus knew what it was like to endure pain. He didn't have to experience this pain. He chose to experience this pain for us. You see, he was human. He allowed himself to take the form of man, to experience all the pain that we experienced, so that he could rescue us. Isaiah 53, and in the message version. I read this yesterday when you, Limati, read from the message. I thought, oh, I should look up that one. Girls, it's so powerful. There was nothing attractive about him, Jesus. Nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over. A man who suffered, who knew firsthand pain. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried. (laughs) Our disfigurement, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sin that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. It was our sin that made him disfigured. He took our punishment that, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We are all like sheep who wandered off the, off the gotten path. We're all lost. We've all done the wrong thing. We've all gone our own way. This is still the message. And God has piled all our sin. This is the word of God for you. Everything we've done wrong on him, Jesus. He was beaten. He was tortured, but he did not say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered and the sheep like a sheep being sheared. He took it all in silence. He died without a thought for his own welfare. Beaten, bloodied for the sins of our, my people. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with a rich man, even though he'd never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. That's our Jesus. That's our Lord. Even when Paul was writing to the church at Philippi, he was in prison, suffering for the sake of the gospel and awaiting the possibility of being put to death. Uh, And even despite his circumstances, he's proclaiming to the church of Philippi, his beloved church family, that they should keep on growing. Mm -hmm. He is telling them, even when I'm not with you, keep on growing. Keep maturing in your faith. Keep fixing your eyes on Jesus. He's your hope. Mm -hmm. He's your joy. He's your life. He is worth it. Paul wants them to live out their lives on earth with the hope of an eternal future. He wants them to follow the example of Christ, to humble themselves, to worship Christ, and to be settled rather than being shaken. Mm -hmm. So when we are humble, when we humble ourselves like Jesus and we worship him, we will be settled over being shaken. The word, um, let's go with me again to Philippians chapter 2, and I want you to look at verse 9 again with me. It says here, Therefore, God has exalted him, that one who was bruised for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, that one who was despised and rejected by man. God, therefore, because he humbled himself, God exalted him. He highly exalted him, and he bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't Mm -hmm. grapple for first place. God blessed him because he humbled himself. Mm -hmm. So the word, therefore, at the beginning of these verses, give us reason to look back at Jesus and why he's being exalted. Mm -hmm. And they say that because of Jesus' humility and the depth of his obedience, Mm -hmm. he was exalted. Mm -hmm. Humility is necessary Mm -hmm. in order to be exalted. Christ was humble. We also need to be humble. If we desire to be exalted, if we desire to be lifted up, and maybe you're asking, um, why? Why does it matter? Why do I need to be humble in order to be exalted? And the answer is from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. God resists the problem. If, you, if there's pride in your heart, He's resisting you. You're putting a border, a barrier between you and God. We have to humble ourselves. He gives grace to the humble. And he will exalt you at the proper time. Hebrews 12 reminds us or lets us know that Jesus understood this concept before he even went to the cross. Because he said it was for the joy that was set before him, for what he had to look forward to, for future things, that he endured the cross and scorning its shame, so that he then sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What was coming for Jesus was worth the pain. Jesus was willing to endure the suffering and shame of the cross, because he knew that on the other side of that suffering was his return to glory. He had, his fa- he had returned to the glory that he had with his Father prior to his incarnation. He was longing for the day that he could be with his Father again. He came for us. This aspect of exaltation begins with God bestowing on Jesus the name which is above every name. God the Father does not hold back from God the Son. The name given to him is the name that is above all names. There are many names that are given to Jesus, including Christ, Son of Man, Son of God, Emmanuel, the Lamb of God, Alpha and Omega, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is also, though, this name specifically, this name above all names, is the Lord of Lords. Amen. The supreme title given to the supreme being, the name above every name, is the name God uses of himself. The same name also belongs to Jesus, because he is also the Lord God Almighty. Mm -hmm. The reason that God the Father bestows upon Jesus the name above every name is for the purpose of having all creation exalt him. Mm -hmm. In order to bring him honor and glory and praise. All creation will worship him. Every man and every woman will worship him. These verses speak to two ways that, the wor- that our worship will exalt the Lord. The first is bowing the knee. Every knee will bow. This is a physical act by an inferior when they acknowledge and submit to their superior. By bowing the knee, the inferior physically places themselves lower than the superior. By bowing the knee, the inferior places themselves in a position of vulnerability. And any action to any action of the superior, the bowing of the knee before Jesus Christ will not be optional, ladies. Every knee will bow. It will be done by all creation, as the as the end of verse of this verse indicates. But the only question is whether you will bow your knee and worship to Christ while you are still physically. Present Here on earth, or whether you will bow the knee before God at his judgment day. The second act of worship is to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. This is to agree with God in the position that God has put Jesus, to believe his claim about, him, about himself, what he has done to pay for our sin, and his promise to forgive us and take us to be with him in heaven. If you confess with your mouth now while you're still alive, then there's salvation for you from sin. You don't earn it. It's given to you as a free gift of grace from God who credits you, your faith, as righteousness. And he forgives you for Christ's sake and he adopts you into his family, and he wraps himself around you, and he shows himself to you in a more real and powerful way than ever before. And then he bestows on you the benefits of his names. Let me just share a few of those with you. To the woman who is weak, insulted, or persecuted, he is her power and her strength. To the woman who's fragile, he's her sustainer. To the woman who's strained, he is the shepherd and the guardian of her soul. You, to the woman who's experiencing conflict and strife, he's her prince of peace.
3: Amen.
0: To the woman who's nursing an unforgiving spirit, he is the forgiver who has forgiven much and expects us to love much. To the woman who's doubting, he's trustworthy and true. Amen. To the woman who is in great need, he is the ever-present help. To the woman who's experiencing a dark night in her soul, he is the light in the darkness and the bright and morning stars. Mm-hmm. To the woman who's experiencing trouble and affliction, he is her safe hiding place. Yes. To the woman who's fearful and feeling attacked, he's the surrounding shield. Mm-hmm. To the woman who's being tempted, he is a sympathetic high priest, always able to come to our aid when we cry out. To the woman who has failed, he is the restorer of the years that the locusts have stolen. To the woman who's lonely, he's the friend who loves at all times. And ladies, my list goes on and on and on. When you come face to face with Jesus and you realize who he is and what he's done for you, you cannot help but stand in awe of him. You cannot help but bow your knee and worship him. Take yourself off your throne and say to him, I'm not worthy. I'm not able. I need you. Please take control of my life. Take all of these things, the things that consume me. Take them. I can't deal with them anymore. I can't handle this anymore. And you're feeling shaken. Are you feeling shaken in your circumstances? Stressed out, overwhelmed, defeated, discouraged. Are you longing to feel peace? Are you longing for hope? Then humble (laughs) yourself. Fix your eyes on Jesus.
3: The author, the perfecter
0: of your faith. He starts it, and he keeps writing it, and he keeps writing it and writing it until the day when he comes to take us to be with him. Let's go on a little bit in the passage. Look at at verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good purpose, for his good pleasure. We see here that when we submit ourselves like Jesus and we obey him, we will be settled over being shaken. When we submit ourselves like Jesus submitted and obey him, we will be settled over shaken. Paul begins this section by calling the Philippians beloved. He cares for them genuinely as your pastor cares for you. And he's pleading with them and he's saying here, Just as you have always obeyed, not only when I was with you, not only when things got started, but now that I'm gone, now that I am in prison, please keep going. Please stay faithful. Please remain in my love. Please remain in me. You see, if their obedience had only been to please Paul or to please the people around them, then they would not have experienced evidence of genuine work of God in their hearts. They would, have not, they would not have been truly saved. But if you are genuinely following Jesus, you want to please him. Yes. You yes. want to obey yes. him yes. in all aspects of our lives, no matter who's watching you. Amen. 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 What this idea of salvation is, is, it's a strong word because it points to the fact that the people that are needing salvation are in a dire situation. A person who's drowning needs a savior because he's about to go underwater and die. Someone who's dying of cancer needs a doctor or some medicine to save them or else they will die. A person who jumps out of a plane must have a parachute or else
1: they'll die.
0: They must be saved. They need someone to help them, someone to step in, someone to save them. They can't do it on their own. The Bible tells us that that's our condition. That's the condition of every human heart. We are dying without a personal relationship with Jesus. We are dead in our transgressions and sins. Unless we are saved, we will go into eternity bearing the penalty for that sin. Which means eternal separation from God and eternal punishment. Unless we see our desperate condition, we will not call out to God to save us from our sin. Unless we acknowledge that we are Gomer, then left to myself, I will keep on choosing that other lover over and over and over again. Jesus describes his mission as one to seek and save the lost. Are you lost? He came to seek and to save you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to take you in the way you should go. Thank you, Lord. It's good. Salvation refers to God rescuing us from Satan's grip and transferring us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption. We've been bought back, and our sins are forgiven. Here's the thing, though Paul was not writing to people who lacked salvation. He was writing to the church. He was writing to the church. Paul was rather saying to the people in whom God had begun the good work of salvation, people who already bowed their knee to Christ and confessed him with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. And here he's telling them to work out the practical implications of the salvation that you already possess, that's already alive and working in you. Let it come out of you. (laughs) Don't just hide it under a bushel. Don't just keep it in your heart for yourself. Yeah. Don't just cuddle with it in, yeah. your, in your closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out. Yeah. Work out. Yeah. Work out your salvation. Yeah. We Now, here's the thing, guys. This is not to be understood as working for, working to earn, working yeah. to yeah. gain yeah. our yeah. salvation. Yeah. It's a free gift yeah. from yeah. God. No, it was yeah. just handed yeah. to yeah. me. Yes. Handed to you. Free. Yeah. God's work can never gain heaven good never gain heaven for anyone. Hear me again on that. Good works can never gain heaven for anyone because no amount of good work can ever eradicate sin.
3: That's right. right. No
0: amount of good work can fix the brokenness that's inside of us. If anyone could earn heaven by good works, he would boast in himself, which God would not allow because he opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. We are not saved by our good works. We are saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ. Friends, every religion except this Christian evangelical religion that you are hearing right now, every other religion says that you have to work to earn your salvation. You will never be good enough. You will never work hard enough to get there. Sisters, the only people who are going to heaven are those who have recognized that they were lost and dying because of their sinful circumstances, and who call out to God to save them. Here's the beautiful thing, though God not only wills our salvation, He works our salvation. Salvation is not through our human effort, it comes from the mighty power of God imparting spiritual life to those who were dead in their transgressions and sins, yeah. resulting in a new creation, not only at the very beginning, but it keeps ongoing through the whole process. God must be energizing power, the energizing power of the Christian life. The Holy Spirit comes inside of us to dwell in us, Amen. to be our counselor, to be our guide, to be our shepherd. Amen. Praise God. Apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. We cannot live the Christian life in our own strength or in our own effort, but we must walk each day plugged into the power source of his indwelling Holy Spirit. We must abide in him. We must walk with him, build and invest our relationship with him. Although salvation is God's work, there's some effort on our part. Right? We are dead in our sins and in bondage to sin, and we are unable to escape. But perhaps an illustration from the ministry of Jesus will help. On one occasion, Jesus encountered a man in the synagogue who had a withered hand, probably some type of nerve damage, and it made it impossible for him to move that hand. And Jesus commanded him, Stretch forth your hand. Good. Humanly, that was an impossible command. But Jesus told him to do it, and when the man obeyed, his hand was restored. Mm -hmm. On another occasion, Jesus told a man who had not been able to walk for 38 years to get up, take his pallet, and walk. Get up, take your pallet, and walk. The man did it. In both of these cases, the Lord called these men to do something that they could not do in their own strength. He imparted to them the supernatural power that was required to fulfill that command. They believed that Jesus was able to do it, but they still had to do it. If they had said, I can't do it, I can't do it, I won't do it. Right. Right. right, right, they wouldn't have been saved. Wow. They wouldn't have been healed. Yeah. What are you holding back? Mm-hmm. What areas of, are you, of your life are you saying, I, I can't do it? Mm-hmm. I, won't do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I won't do it. I won't do it. All you have to do is reach out. Don't you want that withered hand restored? yes, yes. Don't you want to get up on those legs that you've not walked on for 38 years and walk? Mm, Come on, that's so good. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. As our text today says, because God is at work, I must also work out my salvation. Doing it with fear and trembling implies that it's both a reverent fear of God, God you are And an awe, an aweness, an awareness of my own weakness and my own tendency to fall into sin. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. We all stumble in many ways. This is the main point of Paul's appeal here. That if we are truly saved by God's working in us, then we are under obligation to work out the relational differences that we might have with others by following Christ's example of self-denying love. Just as Jesus laid aside his rights, just as he did not live for himself or his own pleasure, just as he put others ahead of himself, even to the point of death on a cross, we must learn to daily die to our own selves and to trust Jesus, if you claim to be saved, but you persist in selfishness, in refusing to yield your rights and demanding your own way, whether at home or at church, your life isn't backing up your claim. If the living God truly is at work in our midst, we must work out our differences in a spirit of humility and love. The way Christ would, by laying down his life, giving up his rights, Letting go of our pride and pursuing wholeness, reconciliation, and unity. Stay with me for a couple more minutes. I'm almost done. So ladies, how is your submission? How is your surrender? How is your obedience? If we were to take inventory of, the re- of your relationships with the people in your home or your relationships with other believers, what would be said of them? Are you walking in the light? Are you being honest and transparent with those around you? Are you living in a, in, in a peace with all men? Are you allowing yourself to know others and to be known by others? If you're a follower of Christ, but maybe you've just been allowing the Spirit of God, you've not been allowing the Spirit of God to work in you and to will and to work for his good pleasure, maybe you're holding back certain areas from him. Lord, you can have all these areas of my life. All these. See, look, I'm giving you so much. Just don't don't deal with that one. Just not. Oh, no, not, not that door. No, no, that one stays closed. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's the desire to be married. Maybe it's the desire to get out of the marriage you already have. (laughs) Ladies, he's working in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. And you are called to follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ, who humbly said, laid down his rights and went to the cross and made himself nothing. Jesus wants to step into those dark places of our life. He wants to shine the light of freedom yes. on those places, to meet us in the midst of all the chaos, all the confusion, to offer hope in the midst of our despair. If you're here this weekend and you have not yet given your heart over to Jesus, can I just encourage you, ladies, to not let another day go by? Yes make it this time. Ladies, last night Limadi was saying, if you're here this weekend, if you are here this morning, it's because God has been pursuing you. Amen. He got you here, didn't he? He got your attention. Listen to the word of God to you. Do not doubt that he is speaking. If there's even a tug, you ask the Lord to open my eyes and wander and to show me who you are and to fill me with your love and lead me in your loss, He's asking you to submit yourself, to surrender yourself to him so that he can settle your shaken places, so that he can quench your thirsty heart, so that he can fill your hungry souls and satisfy you. We're going to ask the band to come up right now as we kind of end the time of ministry and close. And I'm going to have Erica, did we get that um, on the screen? Right behind me on the screen, it's a simple prayer that you can pray right from your seat. There's nothing magical about these words. What really matters is the heart behind them. If you're ready to surrender, if you're ready for Jesus to start that good work in you, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. If you're ready to, to surrender, ready and willing to confess that you can't keep living the life the way that you have been, ready and willing to acknowledge the bondage and the chains, that, and ready to receive God's free gift of love that you don't deserve, but that he desires to lavish on you. And sisters, if you pray this prayer for the first time, you tell somebody. Tell your small group leader, tell one of the prayer counselors, tell Erica, tell Imadi, tell someone, because they want to help you get started in this amazing journey. You know, Jesus is a rock. He is a firm foundation. When the righteous run into it, they are safe. Thank you, God. Are you looking for safety? Are you looking for hope? Are you looking for joy? Are you looking to be restored? Are you looking for freedom from those areas of pain and shame and darkness? You, All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess with your mouth that he's Lord. Surrender yourself to him and you today let's pray holy spirit you are welcome here Flood this place us. thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ thank you that he was despised and rejected by man and that he carried my ugly to make me beautiful thank you that when you look at me you don't see my ugly anymore you see me in light of Jesus, your son, your only son whom you love. God thank you for your plan of salvation. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank thank, thank you that you come to our rescue. Move in our hearts. Help us to turn over those areas where we feel so shaken. So lost, so confused, so helpless. Meet us in those places, Lord. For your glory, for your good pleasure, your strong and powerful name we pray. Amen.
3: So I just thank you and I pray God that you continue to move amongst us to yeah, be showing us yourself and who you are yeah. that we would be women who are settled on you Lord. So I just thank you for your salvation and I pray God that it would that your salvation would be very real for many of us today who have never yet experienced it God. And would it be something that we continue to work out? For? So I thank you, Jesus. Jesus, in the name of all our that you will bow down to me and worship. And one day we'll see you face to face Lord. So help us to worship you now. If you would like to stay here, and you need to have some time here, please stay. Um, and um, we're going to dismiss for a short time in small group to be able to just kind of delve into what we've talked about. Um, but it'll be a shorter time, and we'll have more time this evening. And so, if you could please be back here at 1030 um, so let me just listen now. Eleven thirty. I'm sorry. Eleven thirty. Yes. <laughs>
1: Amen. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thank <laughs> you.